Gentle listener, if you're enjoying the coaching you're hearing on the podcast, I invite you to consider joining my wild community. It's my way of delivering coaching to a broad number of people and actually getting to answer your questions individually and coach you back. Each month, we focus on a theme that is relevant to women. This month, we're looking at unbelonging and boundaries. I post three pieces of relevant content in the community each week. And when you respond in the comments, if it's coachable, then I will coach you there. On Fridays at 9am Pacific, we jump on Zoom for a wilding, a casual chat about the topics that have come up that week. And once a month, we have a one-hour workshop. The community is in its second year, and it has become one of my favorite places to hang out. Go to the show notes for a link with all the information and to sign up. I hope to see you there. And now on to the show. The rules we grew up with were never meant for us. It's time for a change. Welcome to Becoming Wild. This podcast will support you in untethering from conditioning, examining limiting beliefs around womanhood and value, and tapping into your innate power. Because when women embody our truest, wildest selves, we change much more than our own lives, we change the world. I'm your host, Emma Wittard. Welcome to episode 13 of Becoming Wild. I'm your host, Emma Wittard, and I'm coming to you today from my home in Pasadena, California. This is the second of three episodes that are focused on boundaries. If you listen to the last episode, hopefully you're getting a handle on what they are and how they're important for you. We women, particularly Gen X and older, were taught that saying no was impolite. I grew up in the UK and there was a great emphasis on manners for girls. Not embarrassing people, not rocking the boat, not creating big emotions in yourself or others. When women stay quiet, the patriarchy continues unabated. Having been brought up under these conditions, Learning to say no can be the work of a lifetime. I'm happy to say that my daughter is being taught by me and by her school that saying no is not only okay, but essential, and that she has boundaries and every right to enforce them. Even more importantly, all genders are being taught the same thing. Lou and I talk about boundaries in the context of work and family in our coaching session today. But before we get to that, let's see what wild question has popped into my inbox this week. S writes, Dear Emma, I really love the idea of boundaries, but I find myself frequently doing things I don't want to do. How do I begin to put some boundaries in place? Thanks for this question, S. First of all, if you have a pattern of doing things that you don't want to do, try to get to the bottom of what the story is that you're telling yourself that is creating this behavior. 
It might be, if I don't do what other people want, then they won't like me. Or what I want doesn't matter compared to other people. Or I don't matter compared to other people. Or it's my job to put everyone else first. Once you've identified the story, you can begin to change it. First of all, try on the opposite belief. I find the most effective way to change a belief is by taking the story you're telling yourself through the work. A system developed by Byron Katie. She has free resources for this on her website. I'll put the link in the show notes. Once you've shifted the energy around this belief, it will be easier to put some boundaries in place. Then you can begin a practice of noticing when you're about to say yes to something you don't want to do. You may feel some tension in your body around the thing. That's a great clue. Then ask yourself, what is it about this that I don't want to do? Get specific. Then try putting a boundary in place around that without necessarily throwing out the whole thing. An example might be a friend asks you out for dinner. You really want to see this friend, but you feel this familiar clenching in your system when they ask you if you want to meet. They've suggested a place and a time. Check in with yourself. What is it about this that is causing tension for you? Is it that you don't want to see the friend? Is it the day? Is it the time? Is it dinner? It might be, for example, the location. They may have chosen somewhere close to them that's stressful for you. I live in LA. If somebody invites me to dinner on the other side of town... I'm probably not going to want to go if it's more than a 45-minute drive. So then you can think, okay, do I say no outright? Or I could say I would love to see you. Um, Could we please choose somewhere between our two homes? Or a friend says they really need to talk to you on the phone. It may be that you would like to be there for them, but you still get this tense feeling. Maybe you've had a long day at work and the last thing you feel like doing is talking on the phone. So rather than saying yes to something and feeling resentful or no to something and feeling like a bad friend, could you come up with a compromise? Could you say, it's been a really long day and I'm very tired and I want to make sure that I'm really present for what you need? Could we have a conversation tomorrow? Or, it's been a long day, I'm really tired, I'm not able to do a phone call, but could you email me or text me and I can support you back that way? Those are just a couple of ideas. So the idea really is to figure out what it is that's making you feel bad and look for a solution around that. It's perfectly reasonable to ask somebody to compromise in order for you to be there for them. And it's actually a lot more authentic to behave that way. I hope these answers are helpful. 
And now on to our coaching session with Lou. Let's talk about energy. Okay. So the big sort of macro question of the day is where are you giving your energy away? Mm. And this is really, if we think about mental, emotional, physical and spiritual energy. So everything that we do, everything that we believe, everything that we feel is energy. And when we're doing things by default, we're giving our energy away when it's not intentional. Mm-hmm. When, when we're in other people's business, right? We've talked about Byron Katie, what's our mm-hmm. business? What's other people's business? When we're not in our business, we're giving our energy away. And when we're not upholding our boundaries, we're giving our energy away. Mm-hmm. So is there anywhere that is immediately springing to mind where you feel you're giving your energy away? Right off the bat, my work, my day job mm-hmm. pops into mind. I was noticing it this morning as I was working. I am the worker who responds to every email and takes all the responsibility for all the things Mm. and doesn't ever let a ball drop. And as I was working this morning, I'm like in the back of my mind, okay, I know I have these two priority things that I need to do today, but all these people are asking all these things of me in email. I'll just do that real quick, real quick, real quick. And then mm. I'll do the big thing. Um, but I haven't done the, in the, the whole morning, I haven't done the big thing, the priority mm. things yet. And I can feel the resentment building mm. and I can feel the energy being drained. Yeah. As I'm doing that, even, even when I'm fully aware that I'm doing it, I continued doing it Mm. yeah that's great that you noticed resentment building yeah because Brene Brown tells us resentment is a fantastic clue that we are letting a boundary drop or we didn't put one in in the first place yeah so now that you're you're slightly out of that situation you and Mm -hmm. I are in a session together and there's Mm -hmm. a little distance there What do you think the story was that you were telling yourself this morning that had you answering those people's emails instead of doing those two things that were important to you? I think it's a story about, yeah, it's, it's an old story about people seeing me the way people see me and that they would see me as being irresponsible or incompetent Mm. it's an old it's an old story (laughs) yeah yeah okay and what's the story that was creating the resentment I'm not sure if this is the story but when I felt like I was feeling resentful about people's needs Mm -hmm. for for my time Mm-hmm. And that their 
needs would be more important than these other things. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the other, the other priority things that I had on my list are things for other people. It's not like they're my personal private, I'm going to go do my own, you know, art project or whatever. Yeah. Just like I have things that I had on my list of priorities from Friday that was like, okay, I've got to get these two things done. <laughs> yeah. And then new things come in. And so that, you know, those priorities are still there, but now somehow they've been pushed away. And yeah. I, I think the resentment is that I don't have, that I'm not taking control of my own to-do list. Yeah. Because of the first story. Yeah. Okay. How would people see you if you prioritize the things that you know are more important in the day and did those and let some less important things slide? How do you think other people would see you? I think, I think my boss would see me as responsible mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and doing, doing my job well. Yeah. I think the people whose other emails didn't get responded to might see me as I don't know I guess like if they if people are just like oh I wonder what she's doing is somehow not okay for me Hmm. yeah when people don't get their priority met they can think uncharitable thoughts mm-hmm what is that pattern of thinking really about? People pleasing and showing my competence, proving my competence. Yeah. Is it possible that if you didn't respond or if you responded with something that managed their expectations, they may give you more respect. Yes. Right. Definitely possible. Right. More likely than not. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. When I was in my corporate life, I... I got to a point where there was absolutely zero chance of me answering all my emails. There were just too many of them. So I used to have to prioritize things that were actually important, plus think the most senior people who were asking me for things that weren't important. And other things just had to wait or, or disappear completely. And the funny thing that happened is people would say, oh, I know you're really busy. I know you're really busy, but can I please ask you this thing? Yeah. Yeah. So it just created a a greater sense that that you have a lot to do. There was a post-it note that said, 
I'm very busy and important. And I remember having that on my desk. (laughs) (laughs) You know, there's something about not responding that can actually create a sense of more authority. Yeah. How about a automatic response email that says Mm. my standard response time is x yeah you know some people some people do that now yeah it's just kind of different from day to day Mm -hmm. and yeah it's not standard practice at my company no I mean, people people will do it like if they're in an all day workshop or something like that, yeah. Or if even like their first day back from vacation or something, yeah. Um, I guess I can see doing it on a day if I'm like really backed up and and in meetings all day. Hmm. Yeah. We'll get in a minute, I think, to the underlying beliefs that are creating the need to respond. Okay. But a few little tactical things that may help. I would time block for email responses. I try that. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'll try again. (laughs) We'll work on the underlying belief as well. Ultimately. See, it's like what I try to do is... I try to sort them. Mm-hmm. I I tell myself I'm going to sort my email and then I'm going to time block and come back and respond to things, but it never happens. Mm. It's always like, oh, this one needs to be responded to right away. <laughs> Before I know it, I'm responding to every single one instead of sorting them. Okay. So you know that you do that. So yeah. sorting them is not a strategy that works for you. Yeah. Unless it's just something I don't want to deal with right now. Mm. Yeah. So is it possible when you begin your working day to start with the thing that you need to do before you look at the emails? It it would be possible. It would be possible. It would take setting some boundaries. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because usually my day starts with meetings. My meetings are with a lot of times with global teams, so in different time zones. Mm. So they're starting at 7 or 8 in the morning. So I'm not doing anything before that. Mm-hmm. And then if something comes up out of the meeting that needs to happen or be followed up on or something like that, then I'll need to practice making sure there's a clear boundary in place of like, yes, I will respond to this need from this meeting as soon as I take care of this other priority thing. Yeah. In my work, I mean, I do it even now. The only way I could survive in my job was to say there was something that came out of a meeting. I would have to think, okay, is that something, when does that need to be done by? Is it something that can be done in three or four days? In which case I'm putting yeah. it in the calendar for two days time. This is the time block I'm putting to it and I will deal with it then because I yeah. know I have things today that have to be done by the end of the day. Yeah. So I did a lot of calendar blocking. Yeah. Yeah, I can do that. 
I can do that. Okay. But let's work on the underlying belief, because I think if we can change the belief, it will be easier to change the behavior, right? That's what this coaching thing's all about. <laughs> okay. So you said this is about the story about the way people see me. So, so what is the story? So articulate it in a sentence for me. If I don't respond, people will think. Oh, if I don't respond, people will think. I'm just kind of kind of spitball for a minute here. People will yeah. think I'm flaky. I'm <clears throat> I don't care about them or their needs. Mm. People will think they're not important. Mm -hmm. What do you think they'll think about you? You've said flaky. Yeah. Is that the worst thing you think they'll think about you? I think the worst thing would be that they would feel that they would feel a certain way about <clears throat> my incompetence that they would feel like mad or annoyed that an incompetent person is in this position. God, that sounds really bad. Mm. Mm. Okay. So there are two things going on there. So you, if I don't respond, people will think I'm incompetent. Yeah. And they will feel annoyed. And they will feel annoyed or mad at me or talking about me in my head. Yeah. That's why I think that, because I do that to other people. Aha. <laughs> uh because -huh. I work with so many incompetent people. This is going from bad to worse. <laughs> I, I mean, okay, we, it's so difficult working with people that aren't in the same office, let mm -hmm. alone the same country. Mm -hmm. And we have this thing where people don't, you know, they're in Germany and they don't respond to, you're like, okay, I'm going to send this person an email and I know I'm not going to get a response right away, but they'll respond to me tomorrow. And it's already difficult enough that there's a 24 hour delay, mm -hmm. but okay, they'll get back to me. And then when they don't respond and you have to keep following up with them, it's like, I get resentful at these people. And I'm like, what the f are you doing? Do your job. Hello. Respond to my email. <sighs> I'm thinking that about other people. Oh my God. What if they're thinking that about me too? That kills yeah. me. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Awesome. That's really awesome. Okay. So you use the word incompetent. Mm -hmm. What if they're just putting a boundary in place? Yeah. They're doing a better job than I am, aren't they? <laughs> Maybe. With their own boundaries. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. What I have found is whatever we judge others for yeah. is generally something we need to work on ourselves. Yeah, 
For sure. I agree with that. So if the people in Germany are doing their best, if we just make that assumption for a minute that they are doing their best, what could be happening other than incompetence? That they're doing? Mm-hmm. What could be happening um, to them rather than incompetence? Yeah, I mean, the same things that are happening to me, dealing with family issues. They could have a million different things that they're working on. They could have mm-hmm. other priorities. All the same things that I'm dealing with. Yeah. Yeah. Workload versus life. Yeah. Yeah. So how does it feel when you think to yourself, these people aren't responding because they're incompetent? How does that make you feel? Stressed. Mm -hmm. And resentful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a crappy feeling. Yeah. And how do you feel when you think these people aren't responding because they're in a really similar situation to me? They're juggling life and their workload. I feel... I feel more relaxed and in in fact it makes me feel it makes me feel more seen. Mhm. Yeah. And You're in the same understood. boat. Yeah. Yeah. They're human like you. Yeah. Yeah. So is it possible that if you don't respond people might realize that you're having to do the same thing as they are. It, it is possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is possible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's as far as I'll go. It's possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And as far as their feelings about you responding, that's not your business, right? Back to Byron Katie. Yeah. They yeah. will be mad at me. That is not your business. Yeah. What a relief. (laughs) Yeah. When you're worrying about how other people feel about you, you are giving your energy away. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a boundary you can put in place with yourself, not to speculate about how other people are feeling about you. Where you need to focus is how you feel about them. Yeah. Do you really think they're incompetent or do you think they're doing their best very much like you are? I think a little bit of both. (laughs) Is that okay? (laughs) Well, is it okay? Knowing the results that it's creating in your life, is it okay? No. 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 You're responsible for how you are experiencing life. Yeah. Right. You're not responsible for external events that happen, but you're responsible for how you experience things. Yeah. So you've identified that thinking that people are incompetent makes you feel bad. Yeah. Yeah, it does. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
So you can choose to think that they're doing their best. Yeah. That's a choice you can make. Yeah. And a boundary you can put in with yourself. In order for you to believe that other people are doing their best, what do you need to believe about yourself? That I'm doing my best. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that I'm doing my best with the energy and the resources that I have Yes. in any one given moment. Yeah, absolutely. So when you really believe that, it's much easier to believe it about others. Yeah. So do you believe that about yourself? Do you viscerally believe that in your body? Sometimes. Mm. I don't think I do all the time. So what is the difference between those times? What's happening when you are able to believe that and what's happening when you're not able to believe that? Hmm. I want to say I'm well resourced, resourced with sleep and food and energy. But I think the whole point of the question is like that I'm doing my best with what I have in any given moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess that's, yeah, that's hard for me to viscerally feel and believe in the moments when I'm not well resourced. Mm. Right. Yeah. It's much easier to, to believe it when we are well resourced, yeah. yeah. which is a sort of, it's kind of a chicken and egg thing, isn't it? Yeah. When you notice, so this is back to our inner critic and your inner wise woman. When mm. you notice yourself getting hard on others, yeah, it's your clue that yeah. you need to be kinder to yourself. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And I have definitely seen that in myself, experienced that. Yeah. So that's a, that's a good prompt to say to yourself, okay, I need to bring some compassion in for myself now. I'm hating on so-and-so. Yeah. What do I need in this moment? Yeah. And that goes back to radical acceptance of feelings, right? I'm angry with so-and-so or Mm -hmm. I'm feeling resentful about so-and-so and and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. What do I need right now? So it's recognizing that you're not resourced in that moment. As soon as you recognize that you're not as resourced as you would like to be or you need to be, you can do something about it. Yeah. Even if it's just a bit of dark chocolate and a cup of tea. Or a breath. (laughs) Yeah, or breath work. Absolutely. That is available to us all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think this is going to change? Yeah. Over time, you know, I think, yeah. Good. Yeah. Because it's a practice, right? Yeah. Again, it's a practice noticing. Yeah. 
it's also, I mean, the specific example that we're talking about when I start transitioning more toward my business as opposed to this job, that's, I can, I feel like I can set up my own standards of having an email that, you know, when I'll, an automatic response of when I'll respond to emails and it's just not really a thing at my job, but when it's my business that I'm running and I am setting my own order of operations and priorities and it's, it feels like a, an opportunity for a fresh start. It is, and it is easier to control these things, and we still bring ourselves yeah. to the situation, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I was not in a, in a position where I was able to use one of those emails when I was in the corporate world, but I was able to say, no, my priorities are my priorities, and those are what I'm going to focus on. Yeah, yeah. Um, sometimes it was my boss's priority or my boss's boss's priority. And that had to become my priority politically. Mm -hmm. But I still chose to prioritize that over other things. And I've, and I have brought that to my work. Yeah. You know, and you will get emails from clients Mm -hmm. and have to decide whether you're going to spend your time on that or write the newsletter that's supposed to go out today or the post that's supposed to go out today. Yeah. So you will still need to to decide what to prioritize and back yourself when you do. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. It, it is easier when you're controlling the parameters. But there is also the tipping point of still doing the old job and mm-hmm. transitioning into the new job where there's even more tension around priorities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I definitely have been experiencing that. I have been able to time block pretty well for, for that. Great. Yeah. Okay, good. So having talked this one through, what are the boundaries you're going to put in place going forward around this? The boundaries are to stay focused on the one or two priorities for the day and to not, unless it's something coming from, you know, my boss or my boss's boss and there's an understanding of the impact of replacing my existing priorities with a new one. Yeah. I won't let those other things get in the way. Yeah. And I think that's the key. You know, we always have, we often have to recalibrate. Yeah. But then you decide what the new priority is. Yeah. Right? I will not let other people's priorities. Yeah. Get in the way of mine. Yeah. And I think also boundary around the the 
<clears throat> the negative thinking about myself mm-hmm. and others. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, so I might state it like, I will not, is a boundary always, I will not, or is it, can, is it sometimes I will? Um, I tend to set them as an I will not. Yeah. But if you can okay. think of the I will, I'm sure we can figure out what the yeah. I will not is. Yeah. So yeah. I will not, I will not allow my completion of other people's requests to negatively influence how I think about what I think of myself. Mm-hmm. Right. Something like that. Mm-hmm. You could also reframe what's left in your inbox. This would be a radical move and say to yourself, I will know that I'm upholding these boundaries when there are things left undone in my inbox. <laughs> Okay. I mean, that happens already. So Mm -hmm. then I already know that I'm upholding. Okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) And it doesn't mean reframing was. Yeah. And it doesn't mean, yeah, reframing. There's emails left over in the inbox. And that means that I'm incompetent as compared to there's emails left over in my inbox and that means I'm just doing the best that I can with the resources that I have in this moment. Yeah. And you're managing your priorities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, good. I've been managing my priorities. Yeah. You know, back yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's much harder to be strategic when you're constantly reacting yeah, it really is. It really is. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Where else are you giving energy away at the moment? I mean, definitely to my kids. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and I'm thinking specifically with my son. He can make things very complicated. You can make a simple plan, very complicated. And we've all been practicing how to help him uncomplicate, <laughs> but it, it does take energy. So give me an example. So we have two cars for our family of four, all four of us drive My son does not live at home. He's living in the dorms in downtown. So he's about 15 minutes away, depending, you know, rush hour could be 30. The cars stay at the house. His job is near the house. And so he's, you know, he's just kind of back and forth a lot. Mm -hmm. And his planning for 
when he's going to have the car and when he needs a ride can get very complicated. And Mm -hmm. it'll be like, oh, well, somebody else needs a ride somewhere here and at a different time. And and so it just gets it gets complicated. I mean, it is complicated in no matter what, but he will also come up with a complicated plan before a simplified plan. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I do have to admit that I, I think he learned this from me. I think (laughs) I, I also do this. So I'm not like blaming him, but it is, and maybe, maybe it's about not even about his complicated planning. Maybe it's about me giving my energy to my own complicated planning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I just, because this has to be what you're, this, you're losing energy because of something you're believing, thinking, feeling, or doing, right? Yeah. It's actually got nothing to do with him. Yeah. It's back to your reaction. And, and I'm trying, the reason I come up, with complicated plans is because I'm trying to be super efficient mm-hmm. and that makes for a complicated plan. And so mm-hmm. in the efficiency, I'm, I'm expending, I think more energy. I don't know. This might not be one that's as close to what you're talking about. Well, is there a boundary that you could put in place that's within your control that would help the energy leakage here? I don't know that it's one master boundary. I think it's being ready to have boundaries in place in the moment. So it might be a boundary around timing. Like I won't, you know, do the transportation thing with you after a certain hour mm-hmm. yeah um, I I'm reasonably good at upholding that boundary mm-hmm. but sometimes it gets a little slippery mm. it could be like number of times that I'm willing to go back and forth in yeah. a day or a week yeah, yeah. I think I feel pretty clear on the boundaries. It's just a matter of upholding them. Well, that's the boundary. Yeah. It's the belief that you have around the importance of your time. Yeah. Maybe where a boundary needs to go in. Yeah. Yeah. My time, my energy, my, because it, it definitely, you know, it takes, it takes hours out of my day. It takes potentially hours out of my sleep. Yeah. It impacts what time of day I eat dinner. Yeah. So what's the sort of central I will not? I will not sacrifice resourcing myself in order to follow a complicated plan. Great. Yeah, that feels good. Yeah. Worst case scenario, there are buses, there are Ubers. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And if it's impacting your sleep, 
and you're eating, those are fundamental needs. Yeah. Getting around is not a fundamental need in the same way. Yeah. Yeah. So it's actually the same boundary. It kind of is. I just was thinking that too. This is about my priorities versus somebody else's priorities. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Interesting. Same boundary. Yeah. Yeah. Because your fundamental needs are your responsibility. Yeah. And at your son's age, his fundamental needs are his responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. And he's trying to take more responsibility for himself, but it's, uh, yeah, he's not there yet. And what Yoda would say is there is no try, only (laughs) do or do not. And I think what we do as parents is also create an ongoing cycle, cycle when we jump in and provide for them. Yeah. They don't learn to provide for themselves. Yeah. So putting some boundaries in may help him to to learn how to get his own needs met in these situations yeah bit of training yeah yeah okay so what actions are you going to take to help you to anchor this new belief or this new boundary around honoring your own priorities yeah The action I'm going to take is a just short reflection at the end of my workday on the priorities, the work priorities for the next day, as well as my personal resourcing priorities over the next, you know, 24 hours. Mm -hmm. Great. And maybe looking forward a couple of days also just to be, you know, prepared. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything you can do kind of symbolically on a day to, daily basis to remind yourself that your priorities are your biggest priority? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I could just have some sort of object that I connect with. Mm-hmm in my morning as I'm, you know, doing my yoga and getting ready for my day. Yeah. I, uh, I have a couple of pictures of myself as a child on my mantle. Maybe it's that, maybe it's connecting with, connecting with my child self. Okay. So what are you going to take away from today? I'm going to take away some renewed self love that is reminding me about my boundaries and protecting my resources. Great. Yeah. Great. That's it for the show. Becoming Wild is a podcast written and produced by me, Emma Whittard. Special thanks go to Andrea Leader-Wilborn, Sean Dennis, Jill Smolin, and Dean and De Silva. You can get more information about the show and other ways to experience my work 
at www.emmawittard.com. Please subscribe to Becoming Wild on your favorite podcast app and give us lots of lovely stars. It will make a huge difference to the discoverability of the show. If you'd like more direct coaching from me, please consider joining my Wild Woman community, where I post new content every few days and coach in the comments. And we have live coaching sessions every Friday. Or contact me to explore one-to-one coaching. If you have a question about what we covered today or anything else you'd like some support over, you can email me at info at subject line wild questions. And I might just respond on the show. You'll be anonymous, of course. All of this information is in the show notes. Thank you for listening. You matter. What you do matters. And when a woman truly knows that, she changes the world. See you next time on Becoming Wild.